0: What's going on, everyone? Thanks for stopping by my podcast, Chasing the Hook, Ironworker Stories, and more. The only podcast where we'll sit down with the old-timers and let them tell the stories of the old days. We'll also talk history, traditions, and what the future holds for us.
1: Okay, my name is Terry Vertel. Uh, My book number is 714 350 and uh, I started working permit in June of 1964. And my first native, my first initiation was February of 65.
0: February of 65. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, with that being said, Terry, how did you get into Ironwork or how did you become an Ironworker? Are you a multi generational ironworker? Or did you have somebody that you knew or what was it?
1: Well, my dad was an Ironworker.
0: Your dad was an Ironworker. And uh,
1: we, uh, my dad was what they called a dammy. A dam, And and he worked dams up and down the Columbia River. He started during the Depression, uh, busting rebar. And uh, so we traveled up and down the the Columbia River working on dams. And when I graduated from high school, I really had no idea what my dad did. Yeah. Other than that, he worked construction. Okay. And uh, I really didn't have an idea what he did on – then all of a sudden, one day after I graduated from high school, the union hall called me and said that my dad had signed me up to be an apprentice. Really? And that was that was the it. start right there, you know?
0: What was it like having an ironworker dad, like in those times? Like, I mean, obviously, was your dad a vet or anything? Did he go, I mean, did he, or was he just strictly an ironworker? I mean, obviously, was, he had to have been a tough guy to bust rods in those days. I mean, what was he like, like being a son of an ironworker?
1: Well, he was gone a lot. Yeah. You know, because in those days you had to travel a lot around around the country and and um so a lot of it I remember him being gone.
0: Being gone. Um
1: uh, I mean when he was home, you know, he was work always working. Yeah. And um so he missed a lot of stuff that my brother and I did, but that's okay. I mean, yeah. we had, we had a good living and made he made a good living and
0: Yeah. Uh was he like did Could you see the effects of the work on his body as as you got older and uh,
1: uh not so much when I was younger, but when he got older, yeah, yeah, you, you could, could
0: obviously tell, yeah, yeah. so he'd yeah. been through some yeah yeah, yeah just those are the tough days, I can imagine,
1: yeah, they I mean, they did everything by hand back then, they didn't have the tools that we have available now,
0: yeah, absolutely,, and, uh, yeah, that's uh. I look back so I've been able to like get some of the pictures from like the old days i mean the early early mm-hmm. years of local twenty nine and seeing i mean just getting the rods out to the job i mean i mean that it was just a feat in itself, you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it just blows my mind,
1: yeah it uh a little bit. I didn't fall into that yeah. line of work myself. I, yeah. did, I, I did some because yeah. you had to when you were an apprentice Yeah, and years later, but I didn't do it anywhere near as much as my dad did. Yeah. And him and his friends, I mean, you could see it because yeah. you know, they'd been Rod Busters all their lives. Yeah.
0: And you did could tell. Did your dad ever – he never strayed away from uh, uh, reinforcing? Did he ever – get into the structural side at all he did some some but,
1: and he became a welder oh he did and his, in his latter years yeah. before he retired he he got into where he was mostly welding
0: yeah was he out of local 29 also yeah was he okay yeah,
1: yeah. he started out in local 14 i think local
0: 14 okay yeah and then yeah.
1: then transferred down here years you know several years i, I think probably after world war Two.
0: yeah okay you know. um so uh getting into your apprenticeship terry uh i mean what how was it – so you said that your dad signed you up and they just called you and they just said, hey, Terry, you're going to work. Here you go. Or did they have, have you come down and tell you what it was about? Or what was it like when you first initially heard that you're being an iron worker? My
1: dad, my dad took me over – he took a day off from work. It was a Monday. And he took a day off and we went to the union hall. It was downtown, downtown Portland. The
0: labor temple, right? The old labor temple, Yeah. yeah.
1: And he took me down there and took me in and introduced me to the business agent, John O'Halloran.
0: Oh, okay. And uh,
1: there was no, I mean, I, I didn't have a clue what I was getting into. Yeah. And he, uh, uh, John, sent me down and, and said, Your dad, yeah. you know, wants want you to become an iron worker. And I said, Okay. Well, my first concern was, how much does it pay? Yeah. You know, I mean, I was only 18 years old and, and, um, uh, so anyway, we sat and talked for a few minutes, and he threw some paperwork out there, you know, an application for apprenticeship. Yeah. And then uh, uh, he told my dad and I, he says, well, they've got, uh, we need an apprentice. You know, they called them punks back then. Yeah. You know, back down on the Astoria Bridge. And he said, you want to go down there? And I okay, I yeah. guess. I don't know. Yeah. And that was it. You know, yeah. about um, an hour later, we go out, and I headed out and i had a dispatch in my hand really and the next that afternoon i got in my car and drove to astoria
0: drove to astoria yeah um so what was it like so you're that next day i mean are you went to astoria and kind of like you know i think most iron workers do they get their dispatch you know you you know you got to drive some distance you try to get there early and check out see where you got to go and all that is that was that kind of what you did yeah 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 what was it like when you like you got into a story? You could obviously see it as you you know you're, I'm sure you went Highway 30, right? Oh yeah. And then yeah. you could see it from a distance, right? What was it? What was like when you saw that? Like this is what I'm getting into. What was that like?
1: I had I'm going wow. What have I done? <laughs> yeah. You know because there was a bridge sticking. It was cantilevered out from the Oregon side out over the main channel. Okay. You know and and it wasn't. You know I mean it really wasn't a lot of it up there. Yeah. And I looked at that and I thought oh God. <laughs> You know, I mean, I'd never been higher than a, a stepladder picking apples. Yeah. And uh, I looked at that and I went, oh, dear God, what am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. You know, but I, you know, I pushed through it. Yeah. And, so,
0: and, so I did a little bit of research on that Astoria Mangler uh, Bridge. So that was, that was uh, American Bridge did that, right? So you correct. work for American Bridge. Right. What was like, so you got to the job trailer or whatever. What, what was it like? You know, you're, did you know what you were getting into as far as with American bridge or did somebody, or you just got there? Cause I mean, we've all heard about American bridge and all that. What was that like showing up? Like, what was that first day when you got to the job shack, what did they have you do?
1: Well, they just took me in the office and filled out the paperwork, you know, for, you know, their, their paperwork yeah. for hiring in new people. Okay. And uh, you know, introduced you know, the superintendent, come out and introduced himself and, Do you remember who
0: that was? His name was Jim McMurray. Jim McMurray. Yeah. Okay.
1: he was, um, he came over, he came after, we shut the job down in in, around Christmas of 65 because of the weather. Okay. And came up and finished up the Markham Bridge. Okay. And he transferred up there because the guy they had there went to another job. Gotcha. But um, he was this little short Southerner. Okay. And my dad had worked for him. Oh, yeah? So he knew my dad. Ah. And- but anyway, once I got signed in, then they took me over to the tool room they had. They had a separate yeah. tool room and, you know, kitted me out. With,
0: That's where they, they issued the tool belt, and right? The tool belt yeah. and
1: spuds and bolt bag and a hard hat and wow. all that, you know. And, and, of course, you know, this is all new to me. I mean, yeah. I, I'd never been on a construction job in my life. Yeah. And it was all brand new to me.
0: So you they issue your tool belt and all that and you know like uh so what was like the next step from there i mean where did they send you like what gang or did they have you clean up or what did they have you do
1: mostly mostly they started me just cleaning up yeah um you know and then as a couple days went by they they took me up on the bridge okay. of course and like i say i'd never been higher than a step ladder picking apples yeah so i mean being up that high was just
0: yeah. um what was that like 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 I can just see that being over the Columbia River. I mean, I that just gives me nerves just thinking about that, but like what was that like, you know, not like you said, not being on a construction site and then you're up that high and then I mean, what was that like?
1: Well, I was scared. Yeah. You know, I mean, but it didn't really it wasn't terrifying. Yeah. I mean, uh I could I could still function. I could now. I. Yeah. I. There was no way I was going to get out and walk across the beams. Yeah. Um, unassisted. Yeah. You know. And. But did, you know, it's one of the things I learned to do. Uh,
0: did they allow you to get comfortable, like when you first got up there? They're oh, yeah. like, Okay. They did. Yeah. They weren't like get the get out there, kid, or get out there, yeah. punk. Do that. Yeah. Okay. They allowed you to get comfortable.
1: Well, some of some of the guys did. Some of yeah. them were a little more hard ass, but yeah. Um. Most for most part, the guys knew that I was new. And, you know, gave me a break, um, you know, but, you know, that didn't last very long. I mean, it lasted a while, but after a while it was, come on, kid, let's get it. Yeah, let's get it.
0: What was it like? uh, So obviously they were hanging iron. What was it like watching the, like seeing connectors hang iron on that for the very first time? I mean, like, what was your going through your mind at that time?
1: Oh, those guys are nuts. I mean,
0: yeah. Do you remember were, who the connectors were, or the Raising uh, gang?
1: Some of them I remember. Um, a guy named um, Joe Langston Joe ran Langston. the ran the S one Derrick. You know that yeah. they used to erect it. Yeah. And then um, there was Harry the Bear, Sheldon, and um, Reed Johnson was one. Jamie Northam was another one. Don Vick.
0: Don Vick, huh? And um, oh, what was the other guy?
1: Bob, uh, it'll come to me. Bob, okay. another yeah, Bob. Bob. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so you got to just see those guys hanging yeah. around. I mean, what was that? I because that just blows my mind. You know what I mean? Because I can imagine the weather conditions right there in, in that oh. in the mouth of the Columbia. I can only imagine what that was like, not being tied off and just you know.
1: Well, American Bridge on their safety belt say when they had they had a six foot rope lanyard. On okay. Them, and they expected you to use it when you oh. climbed out on a float. Or some place where you were gonna be for a little while. Ah, uh, okay. They expected you to tie off to whatever was there. Okay. And they would provide like if you were a spot where you couldn't tie off to a float line, yeah. They would provide a hook or something that you could put into the into the iron too so you could tie off. But could you imagine Knowing today what we know, yeah, falling into a six foot the end of a six foot rope, were just tied around your waist,
0: yeah, I can only imagine. Oh, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it'd break you in half, exactly. And the and the joke was was that the only reason they did that was so they didn't have to fish your body out of the river. Yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> did uh, so you said a float line, Terry? Is that kind of like a cantonary line, like what we would put on, like we would put our lanyard into a canton line that would allow us to travel across the iron? Is that or what was that
1: a float? Was a, a four by eight piece of plywood yeah. with one inch rubber or one rubber, one inch uh, line hooked to it. Yeah. And you tie it around the iron and then you could get down on it. Yeah. Well, then you would tie your your nylon tagline okay. off to a float line with a stopper hitch.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And,
1: and that was it.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, we don't even, they don't even really teach us about floats anymore. No. What was, I mean, so, obviously, is that kind of one of your first jobs, too, was setting up floats for the guys?
1: Yeah, yeah I yeah I did that. Yeah. Um, and the first time I had to climb down on one, I went, oh. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was really leery about that. Oh, I bet. Because, you know, that thing's up there floating around. I mean, most cases you could put it over the side and you could uh, put one side of up against the iron, you know. Yeah. Where it wouldn't move around, but in some cases you had to put it underneath.
0: Yeah, the it's just iron. Swing, it's and, just swing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Me and another guy one one time they sent us down. This has been after I'd been there a while. Yeah, and was a little more comfortable with it. This guy, uh, they put us down underneath one of the uh, bottom cords of the bridge to drill some holes in the bottom. Okay, with a um, an air drill. Oh, an air drill. Okay, and we had two floats tied together wow. underneath the bridge. So when you climb down on it, they would sway back and forth. Well now there's two of us on there, plus the air drill, which is a heavy piece of equipment. I can only imagine. You know, plus the airline and yeah. all of our other tools that we had to have. Yeah. And that was that was a little split. And of course we're only tied off by them six foot nylon lanyards.
0: Yeah. Which wow. were I
1: think were I think five eighths, maybe half inch, five eighths line
0: yeah you know,
1: so so
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh that that still blows my mind, I mean, knowing on the safety culture as of today, you know what I mean, yeah, um yeah, so like after you're you know you're there for a while, how was it uh were the journeymen so like you know as a new apprentice, you kinda you don't know what you're doing at all, right, and Did the journeyman kind of like take you and and tell you, "Hey, kid, you know, don't put yourself in the bad spot, like you know, like putting yourself on the New York side of as a piece booming down. Just don't put yourself in that spot." Is that kind of how the journeymen were in those days? Did they show you, "Hey, kid, don't do this. Don't put your hand there." That kind of thing. What was how was that brought on to you as like as a new iron worker?
1: Well, they did that. Um, uh, The vast majority. I mean, there was always
0: yeah, you know,
1: those guys. Yeah, but the vast majority of them, yeah. I mean, they would. Make sure, hey, you know, don't uh, um, don't get under the load. Yeah. Don't uh, um, don't stand here if they're you know, if, especially if they're driving pins through a hole with a with a ninety. Yeah. A rivet gun. Yeah. You know when they when them pins come through, they shoot out like a rocket. So don't stand in front of them. Yeah. You know, so th- and so they, so they did try to, you know, they.
0: Kind of say, hey kids, stay in, stay yeah. over there, right, okay. right. Um, so when I was researching the bridge, they said traffic pins. Is that bring? Do you know what those are? A tra- they called it a traffic pin when I was researching the bridge. They would drive pins and then they would put uh, bolts in there. Then the rivet gang would come behind. Is that what? Is that how that works? That's
1: exactly how it worked. They put what they would do is the when they would connect the iron when the connectors were done that they would drive um. They call them traffic pins, yeah. but and they were just a steel pin, various lengths. Yeah. But whatever size they were for the hole. Yeah. Just a steel pin that was tapered on each end. Okay. And they would the, the rivet or the connecting gang would drive a pin in there, drive pins a certain amount of pins depending on the size of the point. Yeah. And then they put bolts in it, temporary bolts. Then, a bolt up gang would come by, and they would bolt up the point. Okay. Fifty percent. Okay. And then when they were done. Then they would move on, and then the rivet gang would come in, and they would drive those 50% of the rivets, okay. knock out all the pins, and take out all the old bolts, and then finish driving the rivets.
0: Wow. And,
1: uh, I mean, you might have a, a point that had maybe 50 rivets in it. You might okay. have that have a couple hundred in it, couple a couple 300.
0: Yeah. You know? So, and and obviously the rivet gang had to work off floats, right? I mean, I can only imagine what that was like. I mean, was how what was the rivet gangs like on that job? I mean, were they getting it, obviously? Did they have a couple rivet gangs or was it just oh, one? Uh,
1: there was probably, I think we probably had five or six.
0: Five or six. On there. and okay.
1: And there was three men to a rivet gang. Okay. Well, actually four. Um, There was the heater. Yeah. There was the catcher, the bucker up, and the driver. Okay. And they could... Normally, in a lot of cases, back then they had what they called organized rivet gangs, and there was three, four guys that would travel around together from job to job all over the country, and that's all they did was drive rivets. They didn't do anything else. And uh,
0: yeah, that's uh, just looking back at the history of ironwork. That's I that that was super important. Like what I found, you know, because you had obviously you wanted you wanted to trust everybody that you're with cause you're throwing yep. a frigging hot rivet up from however far away. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then having somebody that knew what the hell they're doing. And then, so yeah, that's uh and then is it, I think when we were talking the other day, you said that was the last rivet job like in this area. Is that am I correct thing in thinking that way? Or is that uh did you work on any other rivet jobs after that?
1: I worked the last one that I worked on was the, um, uh, up at Woodland, Woodland, Washington. Okay. Um, Across on the northbound lanes on the on Interstate Five, uh, uh, across the Lewis River,
0: and that really? was in 1968. nineteen was that for American Bridge also? No,
1: that was for an outfit called, um, if I remember right, they were called Cooney. Cooney Don, Don L. Cooney, I think, okay. and they did that job. And uh, I was the I was in the rivet gang as what they called a bucker up. A bucker up.
0: Can you describe to everybody what that is?
1: Well, what that is, is you're the guy that holds the rivet in the hole. Okay. While the guy, the driver, drives it.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, we used a tool called, uh, the technical name was an offset heel dolly. Okay. But we had a more different name.
0: Yeah. You can say it. Okay. Yeah, say what you need to say. It's, it's
1: called a horse cock. Horse. Cock, we call yeah, it a horse yeah. cock, and it's, oh, yeah. and it's got an offset to it. Okay, and, and it's about a inch and a half, two inch piece of steel bar. Okay, and then one end, the offset end, is concave. Okay, and what you do is, and the concave is the size of the rivet. Okay, and what you did. Was you held onto that and you pushed it against the hot rivet, yeah, and held it in the hole while the guy on the other side well, the drove
0: driver, it. Yeah, drive. Uh,
1: and you had to put. It was hard to hold if you tried to just grip it and hold it. So you had to put your hand over the end. Ah. Uh, well, you had to put a pad. Yeah, you know, a piece of gunny sock or something, Yeah, because if you didn't, it, your hands would be on fire.
0: I mean, and, and then it, you're doing that all day long, all right? day long, all day yeah. long. Wow. Yeah.
1: In <laughs> fact, uh, my partner. Who was driving? A guy named Mike Burke. Okay. Uh, Mike was driving, and I was bucking up. And the guy that was catching missed the rivet, oh. and it was going to Mike's side. And Mike bent down so that it wouldn't, you know, catch him in the face. Yeah. And he caught it right in the back of the neck. Ugh. And it rolled down his neck and bent, burnt his the top of his sho- you know the yeah. top of his neck and down yeah burning really bad.
0: Wow. And, uh, was there a lot of miss, like what was kind of like some of the, the weird shit that you, that would happen when you're driving rivets? Was there like, you know, like for that, like that, for instance, it was uh, that like the, the main thing that would happen or was there other things that would just like some of the shit that would just come out of nowhere?
1: Well, the, the biggest problem you had with it was the scale that came off the rivets. When you drove okay. it, it would, you know, the scale yeah. from heating it would would blow off. Uh, yeah. And you'd, you'd have to – I mean, you had to wear safety glasses. They did yeah. provide those. Okay. Because you'd get stuff in your eye. Yeah. And it was hot and it would just stick to your eyes. Oh, yeah. <sighs> and, uh And you have to wear your shirts all buttoned up. Yeah. Neck. Sometimes you'd have to wear a neckerchief because uh, – you. I mean, I've still got scars on my neck from yeah. – 50 odd years ago.
0: They didn't have like let did they have like leathers like we were I no, mean oh yeah I didn't no. think yeah. Uh-
1: I mean if you had them and you wanted to wear them but okay. you know it was so hot you get inside a, a big box girder yeah. or something you know with all them hot rivets radiating heat as they're <sighs> cooling off. I mean it was just miserable. I can only imagine, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, and then when you were catching, you had a catch can which yeah. was like a big funnel. Yes. Uh you would if you missed it or lost it, I mean, you had no idea where it was going. I mean, if you lost lost track of it while it was being thrown to you, yeah. I mean, it could either go in the river or it could hit you in the head or anywhere. Did,
0: did you guys have like, so today, you know, if, if let's just say somebody drops something We scream headache. Is that kind of, did you guys have a saying that, hey, you know, the catcher missed the rivet? Did you guys say something to let people know that, shit, I just missed a rivet? It's coming down. Watch your ass.
1: Well, not really. I yeah. mean, we did between us okay you know if there was a, you know a couple three of us on the float yeah or wherever we were working yeah. we did but it happened so fast yeah you know that you know and most of the time if they missed it was just going to go in the river anyway there wasn't anybody below us
0: yeah did you guys so i know on certain uh bridge jobs they would have like people in the river in case did they have somebody in like a boat in case somebody fell or i mean how was that they they
1: had a boat tied up to the S one derrick because okay. it was on yeah. it was a derrick on a barge yeah and uh, so they had a boat there but as far as keeping okay. one in the river all the time yeah, no
0: yeah because you really probably wouldn't be able to do anything in that river I'm no, sure yeah no wow I
1: was uh, uh I was coming down one of the top cords the American Bridge used these big steel baskets okay to put uh. Bolts and rivets and nuts and that kind of stuff in. Yeah,
0: like a skip box. Kind of, yeah.
1: Well, no, they were just they were only like maybe eighteen inches long, uh, and okay. Maybe eight or nine inches wide and six inches deep or so. Okay. And instead of using a five gallon bucket, you'd use these baskets. Gotcha. Okay. And I had gone up to the top of the tower on the Oregon side. Okay. And they had put planks with cleats on them cool. down partially headed towards the Oregon side okay. from the top of the tower. Yeah. And uh, I was coming down it one day, and I'd gone up there all by myself. Okay. And I didn't tell anybody I was going. Yeah. And I was going after some of these baskets because we were getting low on them, and I knew there was a bunch up there that we left. Yeah. And I started down that, and they had welded handrail down one, down the outside cord, the outside edge of the top cord. Okay. And I was headed down that way and my feet went out from under me. Oh, shit. And I was up there. I mean, I was like, my feet went out and I sat down on top of that plank. And of course, those I had four or five of them baskets looped through my arm. Yeah. And they all went in the river. Yeah. And I sat there. I mean, I was scared to
0: death. Did you, you get know? your ass chewed for that going up oh, there? Nobody knew nobody, I was yeah. there. <laughs> well,
1: you know, oh, yeah. and I came back down and I finally told somebody about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't, don't do that.
0: Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> and I,
1: if I was going to do that anymore, I I told somebody where I was going. Yeah. Because I, if I'd have went in, nobody would know I went. I'd known no, no, no. no, would have went.
0: <sighs> yeah. Holy shit. So. That's, uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, thank God you, you know, you landed the way you did. It could have obviously guess. ended way different.
1: And uh, later after the bridge was all joined together, uh, we were out in the middle of the bridge And they were driving the the floor beams, the stringers for the roadway. Okay. And we had a walkway, a a plank walkway about six feet wide going the full length of the bridge. Okay. And one of the other apprentices,
0: um, journeyman Bill Harrington. Journeyman Bill Harrington.
1: Yeah. He was uh, carrying a roll of wire and they had taken a couple of planks up and laid them back off each side so they could get in and drive the X-bracing. Okay. And Bill was turned around and was watching the – talking to one of the other – the heater, you know, for the rivet gang and stepped through the hole. I mean, it wasn't – you know, we didn't barricade it off or anything. Yeah, You You just had to watch where you were going. Yeah. Anyway, Bill stepped through that. Wow. And he caught some – his foot caught some X-bracing as he went down and it gave him a chance to reach up and grab a hold of the plank. Wow. And pull himself back up. Because if it hadn't have Yeah, you know, he'd have been he'd have went all the way to the river. Oh yeah. You know. Holy yeah.
0: shit. That's uh that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's like obviously you had to have been so much aware of what you were doing, absolutely every move that you made. I you mean, did. Because, uh, like you said, there obviously there's no barricade, no like bump line to let you know that there's a hole, or no. even somebody telling you, "Hey, there's a hole there," or whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, so if you weren't watching your ass, you know, um, wow, that's a uh, that's crazy. Um, and th- so, like Terry, when you guys, so you would out, you guys would take coffee at ten, or did, how did you how did did you guys take lunch at noon? How did that work on that well, job?
1: We didn't have coffee breaks per okay. se. I mean, if you took a, a thermos of coffee up with you, you know, could you could find time to take, you know, have a break. Have a, have a bite to eat or something? Yeah, just okay. something quick. But only, you know, you took it with you to the- You always took it to your work point. work site, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, and of course, lunch at noon. Okay. and Did You uh, guys
0: take lunch on the iron? Or it depended. You? Okay. It depended on the day. Okay.
1: I mean, usually um, we would go down to the job shack. But it was a nice day, you know, guys would just take their lunch with them. And then we, then we got a job shack up on the bridge. Okay. You know, so eventually, then we, yeah. And then we'd go, um, have our lunch up there and, and, um. Uh,
0: was it kind of the same way? I mean, like, that's one of the biggest reasons why I, I wanted to do this project is because I remember as a young apprentice that we would go into the, to the shack at coffee or break and or at lunch and. You know, there's always old timers in there, and then they start telling the stories. Is that kind of how it was in those days when you were a young apprentice? Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I <laughs> I taught apprenticeship school in the early '80s for one term. Okay, and at the end of the day, we would, you know, like ironworkers do, we'd sit around BS till it was time to go home. Yeah, and of course, we all have stories. Yes. we all do. Yep, and uh, I would tell some of these stories to these apprentices yeah. that were there and uh, I could see them looking at me like this guy is so full of shit it isn't funny <laughs> you know and I finally told them one day I said I can't make th- I'm not smart enough yeah. to make this stuff up <laughs> yeah. you know because I can remember sitting in that job shack at Astoria here and listening to these guys tell the same kind of thing and thinking ain't no way yeah you know because uh, a lot of the guys that were there at the time had come up, they'd worked for American Bridge for years and years and years, and had started with them back during the Depression. Okay. When, you know, it was a lot different yeah. then than it was when I started. Yeah. And uh, these guys would have stories that would just absolutely, you'd go, what? Yeah. And I can remember having that, you know, having that same look on my face. Yeah, exactly. You
0: know? Because I've always heard, obviously, those were like, that was like the last of the real bridgemen, right? Some of those American Bridge guys that just traveled around with it. Like you said, in the 30s and the Depression and all yeah. that. Uh, I mean, those were some tough dudes, I bet. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, and they all had a nickname.
0: Did they? Yeah. Yeah. That's... I
1: mean, you know, cut them up Smitty. Yeah. And uh, uh, we had my my foreman, my foreman, uh, they called him Old Doorspring.
0: Old Doorspring.
1: Because. He always carried, you know, screen door springs. Yeah. He always had a bunch of those because you used them on a rivet gun to keep the, the rivet, the snap, you know, the part that drives the rivet. Yeah. To keep it from, if you shot the guts out. Yeah. It would, you wouldn't lose the snap. Gotcha. You know? And so.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's, uh, that's still, I mean, the case today, I mean, you'll get a nickname. I mean, it's like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So what was the the relationship between like I you know, I asked you about how, you know, they would like kind of, you know, tell you, hey, kid, don't stand there, that kind of stuff. But on top of that, what was it like as far as like a a teaching moment as like to to show you how to use the tools or. Um, hey kid, you know, look or reading the iron, that kind of stuff. Was that a, a big thing back then? Or, I mean, was there a lot of ego or, hey, you know, this kid may take my job someday and I don't want him? Because I've heard that story too.
1: No, I didn't. I never ran into that, you okay. know, that people were afraid I would take their job. Yeah. Most of the guys, you know, they were pretty good about, you know, if I was up there, you know, and they'd say, hey, come on down here and I'll show you how to drive a rivet. Okay. You know, or, uh, um, this is the tool we use for this, you know, yeah. and that kind of thing. They were pretty good about that. Yeah. I remember I was working with a gang with a couple with two brothers, Tommy and Brian O'Neill. Okay. And Tommy sent me after a a B and O.
0: B and O, yep.
1: And I had no idea what a B and O was. <laughs> and he says, Go down there, and he pointed down and he said, Bring me back a B and O. And had I said, okay. Yeah, I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. No idea at all. Yeah. So I go down there. Well, the connectors were down there. Harry the Bear and Jamie and and uh them guys. Harry was the phone man. But anyway, they were down there waiting for a piece of iron and I walked over there and I said, Is there a B and O back down here that Tommy wants one? He says, They looked at me and they said, There's no such thing as a B and O. He says, They said, You tell Tommy to go F himself. He said, Quit yeah. sending you after dumb stuff. Yeah. And I said, Okay. I didn't know the difference. <laughs> yeah. So I go back up there and I don't have a B and O. Yeah. And Tommy says, Where's that B and O? And I said, Well, them guys told me to tell you that quit yeah. sending me after shit because there's yeah. nothing there. Yeah. And not such a thing. Tommy never said a word. He got real red in the face. Got up, and walked down to where them connectors were at, and they're down there laughing. Yeah, And he's down there just <laughs> really they're just chewing our asses out, you know. Pretty, pretty soon he comes back and he's got a B and O in his hand and he sticks that B and O in my face and he says, this is a B and O. And he said, don't you ever forget it. Yeah. I never did. (laughs) But most of the time they were, the guys were pretty good about teaching me how to use the tools or, or letting me get in and, and to learn how to do this stuff. Yeah. You know, I was never very good at driving rivets. I hated it. Yeah. Really.
0: I mean, it, it, like just hearing what you have to say, I mean, holding the horse cock, for eight hours a day, I mean, yeah. Oh, my! I mean, I can only imagine what your hands were like after. Well, you know,
1: usually, you know, people they you, yeah, switched up. out of yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you get guys that were really good at yeah. driving rivets, I mean, they would, I mean, they just they would get in races, yeah, the different games competition to, to see who yeah. could drive the most rivets in a yeah. day,
0: yeah. And uh, yeah. it was. I learned a lot. I, I bet, yeah. And that's funny that you were talking about that, Terry, about how he like uh, uh, he sent you down for a B and O, you know. And that was that's one of my questions. Is like, like, what were some of the pranks that the journeyman would do to the apprentices in those days? You know, like, you know, I remember sending apprentices for a beam stretcher, a box of endos, or a box of three thirties, or whatever it yeah. is. Was there was there obviously things that they did to the apprentices in those days?
1: Yeah, they did. Um, they sent me at one time when I first got there within a couple of weeks. They sent me down to get a skyhook, yeah. you know, yeah. and I, they said, go, oh, down yeah. to, go down to the shack. It was yeah. on the ground. You had to take the elevator down yeah. and then walk on the walkway across the water to get over to the shore where the yeah. shack was at. And they said, go get a skyhook. Okay. Well, fortunately, my dad had told me about
0: that okay. one. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I said, okay. And I got, I went down I headed down there and I knew they were watching me. Yeah. So I go down there. <laughs> And I went down and I sit in the shack for about an hour.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Looking for the skyhook. Yeah, yeah. I just look- sat
1: there for about an hour. And then pretty soon I came up, I came back up on the bridge and I told them, I said, I couldn't find a skyhook. There wasn't one down there. They didn't do that again. But the B&O thing was, that was.
0: Yeah. That's uh, a, yeah. I, and I think I still remember, like, I remember somebody asking me for a and o I'm like. There's no fucking. There's no way. I yeah. like this is bullshit. You know what yeah. I mean? He's like somebody had me go get a B and O, and you know, and I did the same thing. Like, okay, I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm just gonna go. You, you know don't want I mean? to admit yeah, that You yeah, don't exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go look, and then I'm gonna maybe find somebody I know that. Well, hey, is is that a real thing? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was kind of that's yeah. funny that you said that because I remember having that same experience. What the hell is a B and O? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but yeah,
1: yeah. and for anybody doesn't know, it's a back out yeah. tool yeah. Yeah. at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So how long were you actually on the Astoria Mangler Bridge um did you were you there for a few months uh, or till the end of the road did you obviously there was rods on that job at some point right did you ever did they have the rod busters there at the like once you guys got the the main or the low part of the bridge completed did they how did that work with with all that
1: well i got there in june like i said june yep. of 64 and i stayed until christmas just before Christmas uh, okay. of 64. Okay. And then they shut the job down over the Christmas holidays. Okay. And we all, a bunch of us transferred up onto the Markham Bridge. Gotcha. And we finished hanging the iron and everything on the Markham. Okay. And then me and a welder were the last two guys working on the Markham. Okay. Uh, we had to finish up some welding. And then we transferred over to Vancouver. Okay. And they were building the of the... The center span and the camelback spans for the Washington side over in on barges in Vancouver.
0: Ah, uh, okay. And
1: the day we transferred over there, me and the welder Jerry Van Horn, we finished the day out there, and okay. I went home and got in a motorcycle wreck. Ah,
0: uh, so okay. I was
1: laid up the rest of '65. Gotcha. And then Man. in January of '66, yep. I went back and uh, to the bridge in Astoria. And uh, finished uh, down there until they finished driving rivets, which was probably I don't know, late spring maybe.
0: Okay, yeah, because I think the bridge opened in like June of '66 or something s- like yeah, that. Okay,
1: and they were <clears throat> they were starting on the Oregon and Washington side, okay. bringing the bridge deck up, okay, because we had all it was all finished up until well where we were working was pretty much right in the center of the bridge, yeah, and so they were uh the contractors there that had the rod busters and gotcha and stuff they were bringing them up you know and putting it down
0: what's it like when you travel that way and see that that bridge in the distance like what is what what's that feel like i mean just to know hey i worked on that i helped build that
1: well you know it, you know you feel kind of proud of what you did because yeah. i mean that's a pretty big monument absolutely i mean there was a lot of guys that worked a lot of boomers yeah but uh a lot of local members. I mean, I I met guys there that I still know today, even though a lot of them are gone. Yeah. But I mean, there's still a few around that 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 I worked with. And I heard met.
0: that Leroy Wor- was Leroy Worley on that project.
1: Leroy was a third year apprentice when I when I uh, oh, yeah. got there. He was the first guy I met. Oh, really? As I was walking out, you had to walk across a trestle. Yeah. Uh, to get to where the job shack was, a railroad trestle. Yeah. And uh, this big guy come walking over walking across the trestle from the other way and he stuck his hand out to me and he says, hi, I'm Leroy Worley. Really? And that was the first time I'd ever met him. Yeah. And like I say, I,
0: you know, yeah, we're I mean, still, you know, st- st- still friends. Really? You know, yeah. Um, it, and I'm hoping at some, at some point I would love to sit down. Cause I mean, I've heard amazing things about Leroy. He was just an amazing person. Yep. Um, and he was strong too. I that's saw him. What I, at- I heard, I heard somebody told me about us. I, I forgot what the what tool it was, but he was just holding it one handed a uh, big heavy friggin' air gun or something. He
1: was he was driving a rivet with a ninety. A ninety okay. Standing driving it one handed overhead. Wow. I mean that takes a lot of strength to do that.
0: I can only imagine because yeah. most of us like me. Yeah.
1: Hell I could barely do it two handed.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and he was just uh, an animal. He was. And he and he could do it all. I yeah. mean he could connect. I mean he just he was he a just good had, iron he, worker.
0: Yeah, just a <laughs> did did you guys use terms like cracker jack back then terry was like that was a crackerjack iron worker uh, uh yeah. i never heard that never heard that no, okay no. i wonder because I, I i i've been talking to some of these older these retiree iron, and they say that all the time but i uh, kind of wondering when that came into like ironworking.
1: well i i never heard that yeah. mostly if if because i was working with a lot of the old time men. yeah if if they gave you a compliment, they would tell you you're going to be a bridgman.
0: Ah, uh, okay. You know, yeah.
1: In, in fact, I took, <laughs> I ran into a, a, one of my foremans one time in a bar down in Astoria. Yeah, and uh, he was, you know, he had had a few drinks and I'd had a few drinks, yeah. and he told me, he says, kid, he says, you're never going to be a bridgman. He says, you ought to get into another line of work.
0: No shit. <laughs> <I> said, <laughs> Okay.
1: <laughs> <You> no, <know? laughs> and the next day he forgot all about what he'd said, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh,
0: what was it that you brought that up, Terry? What was it like, uh, uh, was, you know, you know, I've heard like there was beer breaks and all that stuff. How was that kind of on that job as far as like the journey? I mean, was there, I mean, do the guys take their, their beer break and, you know, the whiskey bottle kind of thing?
1: There was. There was one or two guys yeah. that would maybe bring a drink, bring a bottle yeah. up on the bridge. Yeah. But for the most part, no. All yeah. the drinking was done after, after work, work. You know, during you know at yeah. the bar because there was a couple of bars that we hung out at oh, yeah. right underneath the bridge. Yeah, and uh, uh, of course there was a lot of times a lot of guys came in pretty hungover. Oh yeah, myself absolutely. included. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, but
1: yeah. uh, as far as having having alcohol yeah. on the job, that was not a real common thing okay. you know i mean yeah like i say there might be maybe a heater or something to have a jug stuck yeah in a cold ba- barrel or something warm you
0: up on a cold day or something yeah, yeah. but okay.
1: for the most part no okay
0: no um so you know you said you you know you worked on now uh, you went to the mark and bridge and then you went back to the story of bridge and all that so um you know was the apprenticeship three years four years at that time three three years three so years. did you actually come into portland and go to school or, i've heard guys they had to do a correspondence where you know because they were always out of town
1: exactly if if you were working i can't remember how far it was out of town now um there was a mileage limit and
0: okay. if you were
1: further than that you only had to come into to class once a month okay and the rest of the time you did correspondence courses okay well when i had my broken leg i was laid up okay uh so i talked to the uh that we didn't really have a apprenticeship coordinator back then. We okay. had an instructor okay. at Portland Community College. Oh, okay. And I talked to him and I got all my all three years of my apprenticeship paperwork. Oh, really? All they the just classes. let you bang it out. Yeah, they just let me bang it out and okay. send it in. And so I had all that done. Wow. And uh but I still had to go in once a month. Yeah, just and-
0: Did obviously it was a group of, uh, of iron workers, right? Is that kind of how that was when you came in for that once a month? What'd you guys do? What'd you guys do when you came in for that once a month? Did they, was there any hands on like any? No, 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 there was nothing. Just bullshit.
1: Well, it was the class that we had was more, the, the instructor was a, a detailer that worked for. Fab Industries, I think. Okay. He was a detailer. He wasn't an ironworker. Okay. And he would teach the class, and mostly what it was was drafting. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, there wasn't a lot of hands-on. Yeah. And now, of course, if you came in for welding, for the welding class, if you wanted to be a welding class, then you had to come like two or three nights a week. I can't remember what it okay. was. Okay. But then you could do that. Yeah. But most of the time, there, were, there would be a couple of other apprentices down in Astoria, and I would come in. Okay. Come in, and we'd. Of course, we'd drink a little on the way in and yeah. then drink a little when we got here Yeah. and then go to class for an hour and then hit the bars on the way back and get back to Astoria about midnight, Yeah, you know, all drunk and <laughs> everything. And then try to go to work the next day, you
0: know? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I've gone in hungover a few times, you know oh, what I oh mean? Yeah. And yeah. It's just, uh, you're like, what the hell did I do yeah, that for? Yeah. And,
1: and in the winter down yeah. there, you know, it can be raining. Wind blowing, uh, everything, and there, nothing worse than being hungover in a nasty weather, you know. And
0: yeah, oh, and I can. So you know, obviously, they make we have great rain gear these days. You know, what I mean, what was it like? Like, you know, I can only imagine the weather's shitty in Astoria a lot of the time. Uh-huh. I mean, especially in those rainy months. I mean, what was your guys's rain gear basically? I mean, like, I mean. Was it wearing a bunch of clothes or did you guys actually have some kind of protective?
1: Oh, we had rain gear. Was there, uh, yeah. Was it,
0: was it shitty or was it, I mean, obviously for that time, was there like a better brand that people would get?
1: Well, American bridge would, would issue you rain. gear.
0: Oh, they would. Okay. You know, if you wanted it. Yeah. A
1: lot of guys didn't, they had their, they buy their own. Okay. You know, for whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay.
1: But in a lot of cases, the rain gear was so bulky. I mean, yeah. American bridge, you know, they, they wouldn't give you the, um, the really good yeah, stuff, I yeah, mean, yeah. the lightweight you know, and yeah. whatever, whatever's available. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, but most guys, they just, they will usually wore a rain jacket. Very okay. seldom do they wear rain the pants. pants okay. Some did. Yeah. Um, mostly I just wore the jacket or not at all. Okay. Because you get just as wet with it from sweating.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You know? You're, yeah, it's just holding that heat and Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it would, um, uh, you know, it was good for keeping the wind off of you. Yeah. You know, because there was a lot of days down there when we've we got what they call five twos.
0: Five twos.
1: Yeah, the American Bridge would give you a two hours show up time and your subsistence.
0: Ah, uh, uh, okay.
1: And so we get we'd go sit in the shack for two hours. Yeah. Go to the bar.
0: You know. So you kind of basically winding out.
1: Yeah, wind and rain. I mean, wind and rain. Yeah. When okay. you looked up on the broad, bridge and saw the ends of the float lines were were horizontal. Ah, uh, yeah. It was it was time to. Yeah. You weren't going to work.
0: Yeah. You know. Wow, that's I mean, it, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was you ain't going up there.
1: Well, I remember one time we were we we'd gone to work. We we went into the shack, and it had kind of slacked off a little bit. And there was a a crew of boomers, okay, that wanted to go to work. So foreman said, "Go ahead." So they went up on the bridge to go to work. And there was four or five of them, and pretty soon they called down. We had a radio okay. in the shack, and they called down and said, "Hey, we need an apprentice up here." And our foreman, our foreman said, "There ain't no apprentices down here, dumb enough to go up there, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, wow, but
1: it was it was fun, yeah you know, I, mean, I, I can I, I can imagine you know it didn't seem like it at the time, yeah, but you know things get fuzzy the older you get,
0: yeah, and uh that's why this is super important, you know what I mean, uh, to just hear those stories like your your perspective as far as yeah. that." um so after you turned out terry um what were some of the other projects did you kind of stay local in, in in portland or like what were some of the other projects that you got to work on
1: uh yeah pretty much i stayed local i i you know so work was actually, in washington yeah
0: it was or, or i mean it was work good when, oh yeah after you turned out oh yeah okay yeah
1: and i i worked on the um the first 40 story right oh there, yeah the the um is that
0: the Wells Fargo building, that big, tall white one? I think one? it. it okay. I think
1: that's what it is now. Yeah, I think yeah. it was Bank of
0: America. Bank or, of America. Okay. At first. Okay.
1: And uh, I worked on that.
0: Did you work out of the from the ground, or did was it already? Did they have some floors already erected, or
1: they had? Uh, I think they had the first set of columns coming okay. out of the basement. Okay. I was. Uh, I run the bull wheel on the guy, Derek. Ah. And uh, what the bull wheel is is uh, just a big wheel okay. that you use to turn it. Ah. and uh, they boom the boom up into the into the uh, tower. Okay, to clear the guy lines, and then you'd have to spin it to the next where they wanted to set the iron. Ah, and the idea was, as if it was manual with a big wheel. Yeah, then the iron workers could run it. If they put a motor on it,
0: yeah, then the they opera- have to hire an operator. operator. Okay, and wow, you know, oh. what was, what, I mean, was that? Did that take some brute strength to turn that thing?
1: Well, it was geared down pretty well, okay. but I mean, you're, yeah, you're always turning the thing yeah. all day long, back and forth. Gotcha. And uh,
0: so did so the the guy that was running the Derek, Did he say, "Hey, K-, or Hey Terry, we're swinging right or swinging yeah. right"? Okay, yeah, they would give
1: you a signal okay. to you know to tell you you know where the where to put the boom. Gotcha. And, uh,
0: okay. Uh,
1: after you did it a while, you know you, you kind of feel for it. Yeah, you got a feel for it, and you kind of knew where the next piece. of yeah, iron was going to read it. Okay, you know, and they, and they ran the the hoist, the hoisting engine was in the basement. Yeah, and then the cables all ran up through the tower. Okay, to run everything. Wow, and so you had to coordinate. The phone guy had to coordinate with the the operator running the the hoisting engine, yeah. and with me to you know. And yeah. I stayed until. Um, we got about eight floors above the street and then I drug up. Okay. Got drunk one day at noon and drug up.
0: Yeah. I just, (laughs) I mean, that seems like an operation to run that thing. I mean, I mean, did you ever get a chance to like, uh, to erect one? Um, no, no, no. we
1: jumped it a few times. Jumped it a few times. You jumped it every second floor. Every second floor. I think every second floor. Yeah. Okay. And so we... Have to take all the guy lines loose and put it all together and then hoist it up
0: do you remember who was connected on that job when you got there? Or who what what was the company? Was that for Herrick or Herrick. was it Herrick?
1: That was, that was Herrick. Okay. And I remember my foreman Glenn Reed and Glenn Reed. And Tom Worley was the tag man. I think his brother Bob was okay. one of the connectors, but okay. I can't yeah. I don't remember much. Okay. Uh, other than that. Okay. And
0: so after you drug up, where did you go from there? I mean, what some of the other jobs that you worked on?
1: Well, I went back to the hall and the business agent says, You need to do some rods. Uh, <laughs> okay. And <yeah. laughs> I hadn't done any. So yeah. I went out and did a few rods for a while. Oh yeah. And then uh uh
0: Was got... John O'Holland John O'Halloran still in uh BA in those days?
1: I can't remember. I yeah. think. I can't remember. I think Bill
0: Linus was B.A. Okay. I think okay.
1: I'm not positive. Maybe yeah. Chuck Clark. I can't remember okay. for now. Which you know? Did uh,
0: you have a relationship with John? Um, did you get to talk to him very much? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What yeah, was he, what was? I mean, I've done my research on him too. I mean, he he was just a super important guy with local 29. Yeah. What was he like?
1: Oh, I mean, he was a uh, pretty blunt. Yeah. I mean, he was a politician. Yeah.
0: You know, but he was an iron worker though. He yeah. had that iron worker mentality. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, he was just, yeah.
1: you know, he, he had the experience to, you know, to come out and know what he was talking about.
0: Yeah. Um, he
1: was, he was a friend of my dad's. Okay. I didn't know him, you know, as an intimate friend, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, he was,
0: uh, you'd see it like you'd go to the hall and you would see, you remember seeing yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he'd come out on the job and, uh, he would, uh, do his best you know to to keep everybody you know trying to you yeah. know to get get the jobs done without too much trouble
0: yeah um was your dad were did your dad ever talk about the 62 strike and when that when the northwest was i mean Basically shut down for a few weeks, and then like John O'Halloran and them had to go to Washington D.C. to to figure it all out. No, do you, no. Dad, okay,
1: Dad. You know, I was probably only about sixteen then. Gotcha, you know, Dad. Yeah. Was, my dad at at that time was um, working on the missile silos back in Montana, gotcha. and South Dakota, okay. and so North, it didn't
0: affect you. No, okay,
1: no, no not at all.
0: Gotcha, and
1: uh, uh John fell and broke both of his heels. Yeah, and. He was pretty well laid up. Uh, the last time I worked for him out at Oregon Steel Mill, they were doing a remodel, doing some work out there one time, and I worked for him for a while. Oh, you did? Out there, yeah.
0: Okay. And, uh, yeah, because I was, I, I got my hands – I mean, anybody can do it, but uh, I got to listen to uh, an interview that he did with the Oregon Historical Society, uh, and he tells some amazing stories in that about uh, – you know after he got out of being a BN all that he actually worked or he was working on the Fremont Bridge he yeah. was working, and he talked about how he um they started taking down the false work on the it would be the the south side of the south cord
1: yeah on the uh, east on the east I, on the west side yes
0: yeah and then uh you know they came down on that and then they they transferred to start taking the false work on the other side and he noticed there it started flexing and cracking and he's like whoa he dogged everything off and you know he talked about what that was like and that you know, um, there was a whole kind of thing of, and then they sent him away because, you know, the superintendent at the time wouldn't listen to him because John knew what the fuck he was talking about yeah, and he wouldn't listen to him. And then he sent him down. Well, he sent him to go bolt up, run the bolt up down on Swan Island.
1: Yeah. They, I, I worked on the Fremont bridge on the wet, on the East side, on, the, east on side. the
0: girders. Okay.
1: And well, they were building where I was working for. The contractor at the time when all that happened, okay, and it did it cracked yeah. you know some of the 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 big box girders on the west side yeah cracked and so they jacked them up they they put the false work back under there and jacked yep. it up to close it up yeah, and I remember wherever I was working me and John Dietz John they Dietz? sent us over there to do something for maybe to to help jack up you know for yeah, a day. Okay, just for one day before they decided to to fix whatever it was. They were, however, they were going to fix it. Yeah, which they ended up rewelding it and fish plating it. And, yeah, that's,
0: I heard but, they – big big plates yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. And but now, I I wasn't there by then. Okay,
1: you know, and uh, so I never got into any of that.
0: But. So you were gone before they brought. They floated down the uh, the main. Uh, yeah, the main art. So you were gone.
1: Yeah, okay. I saw the movie. Oh yeah, but I was working for another contractor okay. then when they. When they did that, yeah, did
0: when, that when they put the main span in. So they actually made a film about that. I heard about that, but it, I, I I've been trying to look for that. Actually, The
1: apprenticeship used to have it. Did
0: they? Yeah. I have to ask about that. I wonder if they actually have an archive somewhere on it. Um, um,
1: call Frank Kuzma. He might know. Frank,
0: okay, because
1: he was the apprenticeship. Well, he wasn't the apprenticeship coordinator then.
0: Yeah, but he one, he would know because I mean they talked about when uh, you know when the hall was on Foster there was uh, there was a lot of damage and a lot of. Uh, photographs and a Mm -hmm. lot of old historical material was damaged Uh, and ruined and all that. So it it may have been a part of that. Yeah. But
1: yeah, Yeah. it was, yeah, I saw the, I saw the film, you know, a couple of years later. Yeah. Or maybe a little longer than that, but yeah, I, you know, I remember, I remember driving by on the freeway headed South on the freeway when they had it about halfway up in the air. Yeah. And so I could see it. Yeah. You could see it, you know, but you know, driving down the freeway, you don't get a look at it very much.
0: Yeah. Um, was, the Memorial Coliseum already erected or built yeah. at that time? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was in the 60s, right? Yeah. I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um. So so you just basically stuck around. T- I mean, did you ever boom out, Terry? Did you ever go anywhere else? In
1: 1975, uh, me and two other guys, okay Gary Klein and Sam Valdez, uh, we went to Alaska to work on the pipeline. Oh, really? I mean, at the time, that was the biggest project in the United States. Yeah. And, uh, so we decided Gary had been there before. And so he'd come to my house and we were talking about it. We thought, well, what the heck? Let's go. Yeah. So we packed up, uh, Gary's truck, me and him and Sam and, and got all of our money together and we headed North. Yeah. We, we left here the day after Thanksgiving Oh yeah. and drove all the way up the Alcan <laughs> cold. Oh my God.
0: I can only imagine.
1: And we got up there and went to the hall and, uh. The business agent, they had a whole bunch of jobs. Yeah. And the business agent says, where do you guys want to go? Uh, and before Gary or Sam could say anything, I said, we want to go as far north as we can. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so they sent us to Prudhoe Bay. <laughs> wow. Oh, <shit. laughs> 45, 50 yeah. below zero every day. Holy shit. Yeah. it was, was it like a man camp? Yeah. Was it a man yeah, camp? It was a yeah. man camp for Fleur. Fleur. Fleur? For Fleur.
0: How long were you up there for?
1: Um, Let's see. I went there- after Thanksgiving and I came home on R&R in February and then went back and then I drug up a couple months later yeah, and came back and then I went back up in um, May, April or May and connected on a suspension bridge across the Tannanau River.
0: Oh, really? And- uh, Wow. Would you, so what kind of work did you do on the, the pipeline? Were you guys building vents or like, what? Or what were you guys doing on that?
1: Well um, at Pump One okay. right at Prudhoe uh, um,
0: okay. we were putting up tin
1: buildings. Gotcha. Insulated okay. tin buildings. Okay. And hallways and you know, that kind of thing. Okay. And then uh when I left there, um I got a job connecting uh on that suspension bridge.
0: What was that like?
1: Well, I was never much of a connector. Yeah. I mean I it was not one of the things that I really cared to do about. Yeah. But I did some. Yeah. And that was good. Yeah. I mean, I had a uh, couple of pretty good partners, a couple yeah. three actually. Uh, and it wasn't a real high pressure. It was a you know it was yeah, suspension yeah. bridge. Yeah, so yeah.
0: you know, you, you could didn't, just slam it in there and you had to watch what you were doing and yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was a, uh, um uh, you know, hanging the suspender cables and yeah. the main cables and everything was all um Instead, you know, they didn't spin the cables like they yeah. did on some of the big bridges. These were all about six-inch cables. There was four of them that were together on each side. Ah, uh, okay. And we had to string them up and over, and okay, and uh, it was uh, it was interesting.
0: Yeah, you know? I, I, that's a. Uh- never had the opportunity to actually work on a, I mean, I, I did a, a rod bridge or a, a bridge deck with rods, but I never, you know, there, I never had the opportunity to do anything like that. You know, I always hoped that the interstate bridge would yeah. come in my career. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, we may end up getting it here soon, but Hopefully. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, um, But uh, kind of the next thing I got here, Terry is, uh, you know, we talked about it before we started the podcast is uh unionism. Um, what was, How was it when you were a kid, you know, growing up as a little kid and your dad's a union iron worker, what was it? Was unionism preached to you or or was it just, you just kind of seen it and you knew about it or how did that work?
1: Well, my dad really never said a lot about the union. I mean, I don't remember his friends saying much about it either, you know. Okay. Um, I actually learned more about about unionism and the union and everything is after I got in. Okay. um, I knew that my dad always made decent money because of the union. Yeah. I mean, that you, you just kind of picked that up. Yeah. But my, you know, listening to the guys in the shack and the, you know, when the business agents and some of the reps would show up on on the different jobs and go into the union meetings, you know, because the job steward in Astoria always, you know, he would, and I don't remember who it was anymore. We had more than one.
0: But, yeah.
1: Uh, they'd always talk about, you know, we'd take out a... Uh, a steward's report. Yeah, if you guys can make it, go to the union meeting. And
0: so they you know, preached involvement back. I mean, obviously, yeah, was, yeah.
1: they were always, always. Was everybody
0: receptive to that? Pretty was much. Like, oh, shut the hell up. No, 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 pretty
1: much. I were mean, they? it was. I think back then that guys were a little more inclined to maybe go to a union meeting or take up a job, a steward report, yeah, or that kind of thing back then, maybe, yeah, uh, than they are today. Yeah, you know, but um, I mean. The first twenty years I was in the Ironworkers, I mean, I can't hardly remember a job where they did the steward didn't take up a steward's report. Yeah, and you always had a stack of them at the at the union meeting. Yeah, to read,
0: and because
1: uh, I was recording secretary for a while. Oh yeah, and they, you know, there was always a stack of them, and you know, yeah. of course, somebody would always make the motion to dispense with reading the steward's
0: report. Yeah, yeah. You know, if there was only three or four, <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, yeah, they'd or, read them, but
0: yeah. Or if there's a steward in the, you know, in yeah. the, in the meeting, um, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of like, uh, you know, with, like we were talking about earlier, you know, uh, as being an organizer for 29, you know, I, I, I talked to a lot of uh, people, unrepresented workers, you know, and, and, you know, I'm able to sit down and, and hear what they've been taught in the propaganda that they've been yeah. told by their employer or whoever it may have been. And it, you know, it, it it blows my mind as far as, um, like, just it's. I mean, it's lies. I mean, they're told about. You know, you're always paying dues. You mm-hmm. never work, and uh, yeah. you know all this other stuff. And it and it just, um, and as we were talking about, you know, the health insurance is as soon as as soon as I pull that paper out and show them, they're you like you can see their eyes. Yeah. I mean, you just see it click. Yeah. Um, and they know it's not bullshit. Yep. Um, So that's kind of like, you know, I think this is another super important part of this is just, you know, getting that word out as far as unionism and understanding what what we offer. And it's it's not bullshit. I mean, you are more than welcome to come down here and 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 ask. All you have to do is ask, you know, yeah. and, you know, I try to spread that word. You know, at least I have three kids and I I try to instill what what has been instilled in me as far as being a part of this, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. I, I did the same thing with my kids. Yeah. You know, I always made sure my kids knew that I had a union job Yeah. and that what they've got is because of the result of the union. Yes. You know? And, uh, like I told you earlier, um, uh, I've always said that, you know, if employers treated their employees decently, there would be no need for unions. Yes. But unfortunately they don't. Yes. And, and, they have spread so many misconceptions about unions for years and years and years, um, that the general public really doesn't know, um, all the good that the unions do and unions do not make a good case for themselves. They don't put the good words out. Um, occasionally you see a, an ad on television, you know, in the late evening, usually late at night. Yeah. Um, Because I, you know, I understand that that stuff costs money. Yes, but you know, it's usually for the sheet metal workers or the electricians or uh, pipe fitters or something. You know, talking, you know, about union. But for the most part, the rest of them don't. Yeah, and they need to. They need to put the word out to to try to counter some of the lies and and the misconceptions that people have for for unions.
0: Absolutely. One of the questions I have here. Terry is like when when you got into ironwork and you've been in for a while what was what was the the relationship between like let's just say somebody was organized and they they came onto the job how what was your experience with dealing with like organized workers was there a lot of them that you got to be around and and understood them or um were they treated like shit or how was it when in your experience
1: well almost all the jobs I went on were all union jobs yeah. i mean there was you didn't didn't see any uh, non-union workers i yeah. mean you just didn't yeah um and when you did usually it was from a picket line yeah you know i mean we i can't remember very seldom did were we ever on the same job at the same time okay um now a couple times um a couple of us would stop and maybe we'd see a non union job
0: and okay. we'd go over and talk talk, talk, to, him. talk okay. to the guys.
1: But it was just off the cuff.
0: Gotcha. You know, because um, like you just said, like as far as picketing, I mean you guys did it a lot back then and strikes and all that, right?
1: Not a lot. Okay. Um, we did some, okay, but not a whole
0: lot. But it was uh, the market share back then was a lot different. I mean yeah. you you it was all like you said, it was all union. You really didn't have to worry about it a lot, right?
1: No. No. We okay. we uh, um occasionally we'd get, you know, a non-union contractor that would come in. And of course we'd pick at them. Um, But for the most part, you know, our market share was way more than, than it is now, because we didn't have that, that many non-union contractors in this part of the country. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. I was, to tell you the truth, I was surprised um, after I retired in 2001, in 2007, I went back to work. Oh yeah, and I ended up going down to Texas. Okay, uh, to work on a on a union job. Yeah, but I was surprised at how many union members there are. Yeah, I mean, I went. I mean, yeah, you know, there's a lot of non union places. Yes, but I was surprised at how many union workers there were.
0: Yeah, in Texas. In Texas. I yeah, mean, wow. Yeah, that's a huge right to work. Yeah,
1: yeah, huge, and yeah. they got a lot of work.
0: Yeah, they did have. Yeah, I mean, it's uh obviously that's like, you know, oil refineries and all that stuff, you know what I mean? It's super huge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, uh, organizing is, uh, is a super, super important thing obviously to me and all that. I mean, I love just spreading the word of what we do and what we can offer. And then, you know, then when you do bring in organized people, um, and actually, see them after maybe a couple of years and just see how much improvement from, yeah. from there to there, Yeah, you know, and then they come up and say, thank you. You know, my, you know, it, that's, that's the best part, obviously.
1: Yeah. We had, I worked down at Trojan when they were decommissioning. it. Oh yeah. And we had a guy that had worked non-union for many years and he had come and joined the union. And I think he's still working today.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And, uh, uh a lot some of the guys would give him a hard time yeah. about working rat yeah you know and i tell him hey you know he's a good guy leave yeah. him alone he yeah. he saw the light exactly he came in he 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 didn't have to go through the apprenticeship because he had all these years of apprenticeship yeah. or of, of experience yep and he took took the test passed the test you know they he got a book yeah and uh but he was a good hand
0: yep
1: and uh you know, I tell him, guys, leave him alone. I mean, he's a good hand. You know, he, you know, he Absol- paid his
0: dues. Absolutely, and you know that's one of the biggest things I've learned. You know, from uh, brother Shane is that you know it's not the worker's fault. I mean, he had. Right. We all have families to support. We have kids. We have bills. We have homes. Everything else. We yep. have to. We have to do something to right. keep that going. And you know, and it's not their fault. They they're doing what they can. And then until they somebody actually explains it to them and, and then some, something may click. Yes, exactly. Um, Right. Um, so that's kind of the, the thing about it, you know, and, uh, you know, we're trying to get people to understand that, uh, you know, just because you're organized doesn't mean you're a bad, you, you just didn't know, you know, that's kind of what I, another message I would like to spread is like, be understanding, you know, take these guys and show them the right way, how we, how we do it.
1: Yeah. Because um,
0: yeah. they don't know, you know, yeah. like I said, they're trying to support their family just as we are trying to support our family.
1: Yeah. that I got into an argument with a friend of mine. Um, I was working at a nuclear plant in Texas. Okay. And this guy that I worked with was from Arizona. Well, of course, yeah. Arizona is a right to work yeah. state. Yeah. And he was whining about all the um, Mexican Americans, you know, yeah. coming in and taking their jobs. Yeah. And I told him, I said, they're not taking your job, Bill. Yeah. They are doing what they need to do to support their families, but they're taking the jobs that guys like you won't take. You won't do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're the ones out there, you know, doing them hot rebar jobs in the middle of July in Phoenix. Yes. You know, would you do that?
0: Well, no. Exactly. You know, I mean
1: they're they're doing what they need to do, you know, and
0: that's that's what it is. I mean, we have a lot of members, you know, we have, you know, Local 29 is very diverse. I mean, we have brothers of every color, sisters. I mean, it's just, uh, I think that's one of the best things about Local 29 is how diverse we are as far as brothers of color. We have women. I mean, it just continues to get better.
1: Well, you know, now that you brought that up, women in the ironworkers. Yeah. Well, that's, to me, that's one been one of the biggest changes that has ever yeah to happen because you know when I was an apprentice and first got in and and lots of other guys just like me, yeah, you know we were of the mind that you know women can't do this job, yeah, I mean, they're just not physically able to do this job, yes, you know, and uh then all of a sudden, one or two start to show up, yeah, well, of course, they got hassled, yeah, they all did, yeah. You know, and I'm not going to apologize for that, but yeah. it happened. Yes, you know, uh, and but they stayed with it, and yeah. they showed some of these guys that they could do the work. Yeah, including myself. Yeah, you know, and for for us as a as a union, or yeah, you know, to eliminate or not pay attention to half the population. It's just stupid.
0: Well, yeah, and they you know? they earn their respect just like everybody else earns their do. respect. I mean, I'm not, you know, if if I see, you know, one of my sisters that uh, you know, she's working just as hard. It doesn't matter what she's doing or whatever. You yeah. can tell when somebody's working their ass off. Well, sure, and, and and I I they get that my respect for doing that. You know what well, I mean?
1: And and you know, the guy said, well, they're not big enough to do any yeah. do that work. Well, I know guys that aren't big enough to do that exactly. work.
0: Exactly, exactly, you know, exactly. And, uh, I mean, we have some, uh, some of our sisters that are coming up right now are just, they're animals. I mean, they get yeah. it. I mean, it, 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 you know, I sit back and like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, you guys better watch out cause they're coming.
1: Yeah. Um, I, you know, over the years, you know, since, oh, probably, I guess it started in this, you know, maybe the late seventies. Yeah. You know, when women really started, kind of started getting into it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, where they weren't a rarity. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, I worked with several over the years. Yeah. And i do it in a heartbeat anytime now.
0: Absolutely. Because I,
1: because I maybe I evolved, you know. That, yeah. That, you know, my attitudes changed.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing too, Terry, is if we don't, we have to be very, we have to be open-minded. That's exactly. just what it is. I exactly. mean, if, if you want to stay in the past and this mm-hmm. isn't for you, because right. it's, it's just not going to work. Exactly. Um, um,
1: There used to be a a, a gal, um, She boomed in here. Her and her boyfriend boomed in here years ago. They were from, I think they were from East Texas. Okay. And she wasn't a real big woman. Yeah. I mean, you know, but she wasn't small either. Yeah. And uh, she worked for me a couple times. And I told guys after that, I said, she can work for me anytime. Yeah. I mean, I'll, you know, if I can hire her over yeah. You.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, she's a far better hand than you are. Yeah, exactly. You know? And uh, um, I think it's great. Yeah, me know? too. I, I mean. I'd like to see more and more of them. Um, Frank Kuzma, when he was apprenticeship coordinator. Okay. Uh, this was back, you know, when the when the state of Oregon and Washington, they were kind of pressuring the unions to hire yeah. more women, you know, yes. to be more equal. Yes. And Frank would go around to uh, colleges. And high schools and stuff and, and try to talk up the apprenticeship program Yeah, uh, to get more women in. Yeah. And it wasn't real successful, but yeah. I think he maybe got a few, but you know, that mm-hmm. I think that's changed. And-
0: yeah. No, we have uh, you know, pre-apprenticeship things that women go through yeah, and uh, yeah. trades women. Uh, right. I mean, it's, it, it's good stuff. And then you know, trying to get the message of apprenticeships into schools, like talking yeah. to school board. I mean, yeah, it like uh, brother Bill Holmes. You know, I was able to talk with him, and he, he that one of the things he said was that you know that should be taught just like math, English, and science is unionism, and apprenticeships, understanding that not everybody's made to go to college. It's not exactly. what it is. We you know, you know, I wouldn't have nothing without the union, and, and I basically have an education. A trade is an education. I mean, yeah. it, it's it. Best yeah. thing I ever did in my life.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, I don't – I was on on track to go to work at the paper mill in camas. Yeah. You know, and as I look back on it now, God, I'm glad I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, because being in the union has given me a good wage, a good living, and everything. I've got to travel. Yeah. You know, I could go anywhere I wanted to to go to work. Yeah you know, as long as there was work there. Yeah. You I brought mean, your tool
0: belt with it if you wanted yeah, to work. Yeah. yeah, And you, you know, know would, now, now you're, you know, as, as a retiree, Terry. I mean, now you're enjoying the fruits of what you did. Exactly. You know what I mean? Now exactly. you get to sit back and just go enjoy it.
1: S- sit and reminisce like I'm doing here. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, obviously I, I, I can't wait for that day. I still got a while, but, uh, that's, but I'm working my ass off so I can enjoy that at yeah. some point. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't want to have to do this. I I want to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, you know. So and,
1: and you get to the point, which I did, and I'm sure a lot of other guys have done the same thing. You get to the point where you think, How many times can I do this? Yeah. How many stairways can I put in? How much handrail can I put in? How many pieces of iron? Yeah. You know? And you get to the point where you go to you're going to work because of the people you know. Yes. You're going to work to be with them and 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 enjoy their company and yep. and you know they've got the same experiences as you have. And you yeah. know, the work gets to be secondary. Yes. I mean you're still there to work yeah. and to do the job and get it make the contractor money. Yes. But your your focus is more on being with your um acquaintances and your friends sometimes yep. you get to work with your your good friends yes. you know other times it's just people that you know, and, you
0: know. oh that's Sorry. All
1: right and you don't
0: yeah no that's that's you know i've done other jobs before i got in iron work and it's it, this is comp- i best part of it you know yeah. you go to work and you're with people that you know not you're not always wanting to be with you know but uh, like you said you, you're with your friends you're with your brothers and sisters yeah. And you know they're watching your back as you're watching theirs. You know what I yep. mean? And yep. that's the relationship that we have. And that's I, I love that part of of being an iron worker.
1: Yeah. Well, you know you get you you know you have to trust your partner. Yeah. You know, in whatever position you're in. Yep. Um, you have to trust your partner to look out for you, and 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 you have to. He has to trust you, or she yes. has to trust you to look out for them, so you, they don't get hurt, and neither do you.
0: Absolutely, and you
1: still get the job done.
0: Yep, you know, absolutely. You know, and- um, so, kind of just uh, getting down to last few things here, Terry. I, what do you think of the trade right now?
1: Well, I, I don't. To tell you the truth, I don't really know a lot about what's going on right now because I've yeah. been retired for yes. twenty years. Yes, but. Ironworkers now from what I see or what I did see up until I retired and you know being around yes ironworkers now are more educated yeah. than they were back when I was uh, an apprentice and first coming up yeah a lot of them a lot of the older guys that I first started working with some of them never even had a high school education yeah. i mean they were still out they were still good workers yeah. good hands but they didn't have a lot of education yeah the few that did in a lot of cases, kind of dumbed down because, you know, yeah. they didn't want to. Yes. But with the training, with the apprenticeships and all the training that they have to do now and all the certifications and everything, uh, while it's more complicated, you know, to be an ironworker. Yeah. Uh, you've got more training to d- to be able to use that yeah. on the job. Yep. Um
0: you can apply it in other things, also. I mean, yeah. things we've learned here. Yeah. You know, I apply it out in the real world all the time.
1: Yeah. Um, when I was, you know, first coming up, um, they, if they needed a foreman, yeah, you know, they, you know, they'd call the hall for a foreman. Well, you know, yeah. if if you decided, okay, I want to be the foreman on that job, they give it, gave you the job and sent yeah. you out. Well, now with foreman training classes and general foreman training classes. Yeah. You know, a guy's got something to work with when he goes out there, you know, yes. instead of just going out there cold, you know. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely. And uh, that's one of the, one of the other great things about uh, the apprenticeship, you know, all the, the – in the journeyman upgrades that you can yeah. go do, you know, superintendent yeah. training.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: and learning the modern tools like the, the total station. I mean, they're – I mean, ironworking is just completely, you know, is going – into this new kind of space that, you know, as far as like technology wise, iPads, instead of your drawings are in a print shack, um, in a head knocker, you got your tablet with you out in the field and you know, you can do all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Um, and I, I think it's awesome. It just makes us a lot better. Um, you know, you know, the resources are are right there at your, at your fingertips. You're not having to walk back to the shack 15 times, 20 times the, Oh shit. What was that drawing or whatever it was? It's right there.
1: Yep. I uh, remember the first time somebody rolled out a set of a rod prints in front of me. Yeah. I looked at them and went, what do I do with these? <laughs> yeah. You know? And, yeah. Uh, and I never did learn how to read them because I didn't yeah. do it that yeah. much. Yeah. But even some of the structural drawings, you know, yeah. when you got a roll of blueprints that's six inches across. Yes. You know, and yep. to try to go through them and, yeah. you know, it can get, you know, like you say, with a tablet or an iPad or, you know, whatever way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, that you brought up like, uh, being a foreman or a GF superintendent, Terry. I mean, do you encourage, I mean, like that's one of the big things Jason has been pushing, um, is people that, uh, to get into those leadership positions. Um, did you, were you able to work yourself up into that, to that level? I mean, what was it like for you to work up into that level, you know, GF superintendent or wherever you were at?
1: Well, you know, I started, you know, being the guy that yeah. Said, yeah, I'll take that job, you yeah. know, as a foreman. You yes. know. And um, a couple of different jobs. Uh, um, the the general foreman would come yeah. and say, "Come on, you need to be a foreman." Yeah. You know that kind of thing. You know yeah. they kind of kind of taught me yeah. how to how to, on the job how to be that way because there yes. was no such thing as yeah. as foreman up you know journeyman upgrades yeah. or yes. any of that stuff you know yeah um, and. I ended up being a a general foreman for J.H. Kelly for several years. Yeah. Uh, But the more training you can get, yeah, I mean, we need people, we need ironworkers in position of running these jobs.
0: Yeah. And, like, how do you encourage, like, that's the thing, is, like, like, nobody, like, I guess we're having issues because people don't want to step up. Like, how do you, like, what would you say to that person? Like, hey, you know, take that, take that chance, go do it. You, you know, you may not like it or you may fail at it, but who gives a shit? At least you tried. it. Or, I mean, yeah, that's that, kind of the thing.
1: That That's what I would do. I mean, if there was someone, um, uh, that, that I thought was really good, I mean, I would tell them that, Hey, you need to, or if I was in a position to do it. Yeah. Uh, I would say you, you're going to be the foreman on this, you know, yeah. and I would keep an eye on yes. it and I would try to try to teach them, you know, maybe some of the things that I learned about whatever they were doing. You yeah. Know? And uh, I remember we had this kid that came down. I think he came from Alaska. And just a go-getter. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was an apprentice, I think. He might have been a young journeyman. Yeah. But he was just a go-getter. And you yeah. could just see yeah. that he was going to be. Yeah. And he came to work for me. And... Again, I mean, you could just see the energy, and you just knew yeah. he was going to go places. So I tried to encourage him. Yeah. You know, he wanted to learn how to weld wire. Yeah. He wasn't a certified welder. Yeah. So I took him out, and I showed him how to work. It turned out to be a great welder. Yeah. Well, he owns Bassett Construction now. Uh, Rodney? Rodney. Yeah. And, I mean, Rodney was just, he was one of them guys you needed to encourage yeah. all the time because you knew he was going to go places. Yeah. And, uh,
0: so that's the thing, like what you're saying is like, as a GF or a foreman or a superintendent, keep, you know, I- encourage those people like exactly. you have to, because we need yeah. to, um, we need to have that leadership out there. Yeah. I mean, it, it,
1: and we need it because someday we're going to get old and we need someone to take our place. Yes. And so many businesses, industries, whatever, they don't bring enough people up to take the place of these old guys because, you know, the baby boomer generation is the biggest one there is. Yeah. we're dying off at a pretty fast rate. Yeah. And so we need people to take over from us. Yeah. You know, and –
0: yeah, to all those journeymen out there, those foreman them GFs, uh, you know, you're hearing it. We, let, let's just start encouraging these people that yeah. you think that may, that may, that you see something in, you know, tell yeah. them don't be scared to be a foreman. I, yeah. That's the thing is like, I don't know, a lot of, I, I see these younger kids, they just, they don't want that responsibility. There's nothing wrong with it. What's wrong with having a little bit of responsibility? Exactly. You know it, what I mean? It,
1: it broadens your horizon. It's going to let you know if you can do it or
0: exactly. not.
1: Exactly. I was, uh, I was working uh, for a company that did a lot of decking. Yeah. We had two 20 story buildings downtown and the, the general foreman was a friend of mine and I was just out there throwing decking. And one day yeah. he came come to me and he says, I want you to be the foreman over the decking crew. Yeah. I said, okay, well, it wasn't that hard. I mean, yeah. he, you know, and he yeah. was there to help me out, you yeah. know? Well, we had a guy that was not, he was a boomer and he was not one of the better hands and the guys yeah. did got to where they didn't want to work with him. Yeah. And so I decided to lay him off. Yeah. So I went down to the office and I told Don, the general foreman, I said, I'm going to lay this guy off. And he says, okay. Yeah. And now I'm just, I'm in my twenties, Yeah. my early twenties, mid twenties. So he gets the guy's check. He calls me down and he says, here's the guy's check. And I said, well, what time do you want to lay him off? He says, you're going to lay him off. Yeah. I said, what? I'd never laid anybody off in my life. Yeah. I mean, I, that yeah. was the first time. Yeah. And I was scared to death. Yes. I mean, I did not want to have to lay a guy yeah. off. And uh, so I did. And he understood, as we all do. Yep. But, you know, it never got easier. Yeah. It never did. Unless it was the end of the job and everybody was getting laid yes. off. But yeah. when you got a single, uh, one or two people out to lay off, it never gets easier. Yes. But you get to the point where you know it's got to be done. Yeah. You know, I'm mean, not everybody
0: works out on every job. Exactly. And, and, and I a hundred percent agree with you as yeah. far as laying people out. I mean that's the hardest it's hard. thing. I I hate I like I get anxiety just yeah. thinking about oh, it. Oh, me Because you know? it's like, you know, they have you know, they have bills to pay and everything else and all that, but you know, somehow you just have to get past that and put that yeah. in the back of your mind. It's just we have a job to get done. You're yeah. getting paid to be in this position. You know, that's part of being a foreman GF or whatever it is. Yep.
1: It's part of the responsibility you take when you take the job, yes. you know, when you take the, yep. the, the supervision job yes. and you, sometimes you get grief for it. Yeah.
0: But on, on, on the other hand too, though, Terry, I mean, people that aren't, are being lummy and shit like that. You need to realize, man, that's, that's why you're getting laid off. You exactly. know, if you're not getting it, we're yeah. here to, to do a job. And if you're not getting it as me, as a foreman, or GF, I have to, to see that and know that I'm lacking in that position. And maybe this isn't the job for you. Maybe, you know you need to be somewhere else, or there's something else going on, and you need to go take care of that
1: yeah well and and two when you when you're in a supervisory position, you need to not only do you have to look out for the company to make sure the company yes, you know work's getting done, the yes. company's making money, but if you're an iron worker, it doesn't matter really what the trade is, you want to yeah. make sure that your trade looks good, yes. while you're doing it, yes, and you can't do that with people on the job that are um not doing their job it's it's, you know, the, it's because the, the customer can see that
0: yes it is you know? it's the same that you know we hear all the time is that you know the iron, it's not going to be hey terry terry fucked that up over there it's the iron workers exactly fucked that up. you exactly. know what i mean it's all of us it's a the group there you it's go it's not that single you know yep. and it makes us all look bad yep. and they let's you know we don't want the iron workers here they just fuck shit up but it wasn't yeah. all the iron workers it was that one person
1: yeah 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 so i was uh I was in the hall one day when we were uh, down on Arthur Street, the Labor Center, and four or five guys came in and been working for this little contractor when they were building Washington Square. Yeah, and he was a little non-union contractor that they had signed, uh, that they had signed up to do this job. It wasn't yeah. a real big job, yeah. but these guys went out there and went to work, and they fucked him to death. Yeah, I mean they just did. Yeah, and. They would come in the hall. You know, he laid them all off, of course, fired them. Yeah. And they were in the hall and they were sitting in the chairs bragging about it, about how they'd fucked this guy. Yeah. And I told him, I said, you guys just made it so no other iron worker yeah. can work for this guy at all. Yes. Well, of course, they didn't want to hear that. You yeah. Know? And in fact, one of the guys was a good friend of mine and we never spoke after that. Yeah. Because, you know, he was...
0: Yeah, that's the thing too. If yeah. we don't have contractors that are signatory with us, we yeah. don't have a, a yeah. job. Like, why would you do that? that yeah. That's the part that still I I I can't comprehend. You know? Yeah. Like, um, why you would fuck yeah. a contractor that you're not? We're not going to be able to go work for him no more. So it, that's yeah. less jobs.
1: And if you can't, yeah, you got you know yeah other ironworkers that they can't go to work for him. You know and absolutely. So you know you you've got to watch out for. Yes. You know, your image of, yeah. along with everything else. Well, and
0: it's know? like you need to hold that person accountable who's yeah. doing shit stupid and, and, and yeah. screwing everybody else. You need to say, hey, stop doing that shit. You're making us all look bad. It's yeah. not just you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. And again, if you're a supervisor, if you make a mistake. Yes. Own up to it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, own yeah, up yeah. to it. Yes. Because, yeah. You know, Yeah.
0: Don't. Yeah, that's the one. The biggest thing that I've learned is that you know, if you fuck up, you say, "Yeah, hey, it's my fuck up." You don't blame it on anybody else. That's right. So,
1: yeah, that's too many. Too, over the years, too many people that I've worked for have been just, you know, they're more than willing to put it off onto the the workers. Yes, because yes. they gave the wrong direction yes. or, you know, Absolutely. whatever reason. You yep. know, but
0: no, definitely. That's
1: that's always been a big one with me.
0: Yeah. No, that's just own up to it. I yeah, mean, you, know, you, you can. Everybody fucks up. That's yeah, the part that yeah. you just you have to learn is that everybody fucks yeah. up. Even a formage, you're not perfect by any yeah. means.
1: And you and you fix it and move on.
0: Exactly, you know? exactly. It's one of the other sayings that I always. It's not how bad you fuck up. It's how quickly you fix it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. That's one of yeah. the sayings I was always taught.
1: Maybe you can fix it before yeah. anybody yeah. sees it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And then the last thing I got here, Terry. So I'll get, you know, um, closing message to future ironworkers. What would you say to somebody who's thinking about getting into ironworking or being a union ironworker? What would you say to them?
1: Uh, Don't hesitate. Just come in and, excuse me, come in and do it and learn, try to learn all the things they want to teach you because you can make a good living at it. You'll meet some great people over the years. Maybe some not so great, but it's it's a good. If you like to work outdoors and you like to work with your hands, there's and there's so many different facets. I mean, it isn't all bridge building and and building buildings. You know, high-rise buildings and everything. There's uh, you know there's all kinds of different facets that you can learn different skills. Uh, That will apply, you know, when you're working around your house or your car or wherever, you're, you know, working for your friends, um, just go for it because it's, it's a good trade. Absolutely. And the way things are now with uh, all the safety regulations and training and everything, it's not as dangerous as it used to be. It's still dangerous. Yes. But it's not, not as bad as it used to be.
0: Yeah. You know? Exactly. And I'm glad. Yeah. no, am glad. Uh, Safety is uh, super important. It is. Yeah.
1: It is. And back when I started, it was not. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, they didn't have to supply us with earplugs or any of that stuff. Safety yeah. glasses, harnesses, you know, catenary lines. Yeah. You know, they didn't have all that. Yep. You know, they just didn't. Yep. The first time I ever saw a net under a bridge was on the Markham or on the Fremont bridge Fremont bridge and the only reason for that was to keep material
0: from going from falling the on no from oh. falling
1: on the railroad tracks ah they didn't care if it, is, it fell in the river gotcha. they didn't care if it fell over the over the yeah. freeway not the railroad not tracks not the
0: railroad tracks yeah
1: so they put oh. a net up wow you know to keep it to keep stuff from going on the tracks and hurting the trains
0: <laughs> yeah yeah don't worry about me <laughs> yeah exactly uh, yeah. exactly yeah, no, it's uh it's way different now, you know. Uh yeah. the safety culture uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are, you know, that's bullshit, whatever. No, safety's here, you know. Um uh you know, there's a lot of times that I can guarantee you they probably don't want to admit it, but they're glad they had that that safety, you know, that you're laying here, your yo-yo on. I can guarantee yeah. you that, you know what I mean?
1: The the only bad thing that I that I have got to say about the safety stuff is that people have a tendency to Trust their equipment too yeah. much to save them. Yes. And what I saw, and saw some when I went back to work, uh, was that people didn't have the awareness of to take care of themselves if their yeah. equipment failed. Yes. You know, because if your equipment fails and you don't have a backup plan. Yep. You know, the the old saying was one hand for you and one hand for the company. Yeah. Well. You know, if you got safety equipment that's it, working all the time and on and on and yeah. on and you go on for years, you know, you kind of get lax on that. Yeah, you get yourself. complacent. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah. complacent. Yeah. And then, you know, I've known of a couple of guys that got killed when their face safety equipment failed. Yeah. One guy with, a, with a, a yo-yo. Yeah. The yo-yo failed. Yeah. And down he went. He yeah. went right through it.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, nothing's... Uh- you know, nothing's perfect. And that's why we're taught here at the apprenticeship to you're yeah. double checking everything, you know, yeah. check your safety clip before you go start, you know, yeah. just don't trust that the guy before you didn't arc out the, the, the yeah. line, you know, exactly. with his welder, you know what I mean? You yep. always check that shit, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, no, that's, uh, that's super important, Terry. I mean, um, you know, and I think, uh, our apprenticeship's doing an awesome job as far as that, you know I mean? You come in here and you teach that, you know, and, uh, Um, We definitely, you know, obviously the contractors that we work for are pushing that. I mean, it's all, it's all how it is now.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, and so many contractors now too, having a safety program as part of their bidding process. Yes. When I worked for Kelly, um, that was always part of their bidding contract was, you know, their safety program.
0: Yes. You know, Yeah. and
1: uh, back in the old days, now they didn't have that. No. That was not, not part of the, part of the bid process.
0: Yeah. You Absolutely, know,
1: American Bridge and Bethlehem. I think were about the only two that there yeah. might have been some others. Those are the two I know. Yeah, that that even issued you a safety belt with a lanyard. Yeah, you know, um, and if you saw guys on the job, you could bet they worked for American or Bethlehem at one time or another. Yeah, because nobody else had those. Yeah, and uh, wow, so
0: yeah, that's uh, you know, that's what I've heard too is that uh, they were the only the basically the contractors that would actually, you know, like have you sit down and watch maybe a, a little video or have a talk before you actually went out to the job about safety. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I'm super grateful for, you know, the safety, you know, it, it's, it's, it's saved me a few times. I'll <laughs> say that. Um, yeah. Well, but, but uh, me too. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and, and I've motherfucked the safety too. Like, why do I have to wear this shit? But, uh, you know, in the end now sitting here, I'm looking back on it. Uh, super grateful that I did have it on, you know. Yeah. Um, I told a
1: safety man one time we'd gotten into an argument about something I can't remember what it was. Yeah, and uh, I told him I said, "You assholes!" I said, "One <laughs> of these days, I'm going to be able to go down in that empty parking lot and stand right in the middle of it, and if I step one foot each direction, I'm going to be unsafe." Yeah. He just kind of laughed and, yeah, you know. Then we went on.
0: Yeah, you know. No, that's yeah. uh, yeah, it's uh, that's part of our life now and part yeah. of being an ironworker. So you know. Like you said, it's not, it's dangerous. It's always dangerous. You're dealing with heavy shit all day long. You're dealing with stuff that can, yeah, can kill you. You know what I mean? But that, you know, I always, you know, you know, it's there, but you still do the work. You, at some point you learn it's there, but you still can get the job done. Yeah.
1: You have to do the job. You have to do the job.
0: We're whatever height you're at or whatever you're, you know, you're going to be doing, um, heavy lifting, the rigging, that's why we yeah. go through our apprenticeship and, and they teach us how to check our rigging, make sure we're using the right choker. We're, yeah. uh, we're calculating our weights properly, all that stuff before you actually go do the job. Yep. Yep. Um, that's, so that's,
1: that's, that's what you have to do. Yep. You know, and, uh,
0: well, Terry, um, uh, that was an awesome conversation and I definitely appreciate you coming in. Um, well, I'm glad to yeah.
1: put, put some, you know, Yeah. few of my stories out there absolutely Um, i have many more
0: yeah i know i know no i mean i wished uh i've been thinking about this project for so long and you know i'm finally glad i just you know i finally took action on it and did it because it's super important it's uh you know uh i think it's getting a lot of good feedback from everybody and uh you know just hearing what it was like then compared to now uh, you know what i mean Uh, we have it we have it so good we don't even know oh yeah well
1: just like you know, I had it so much better than what my dad did. Yeah, exactly. And some of these guys, you know, compared yeah. to what they had to go through. Yep. What I did was a cakewalk. Yeah. Exa- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. But, uh. All right, Terry, well, that's a, uh, that's a wrap. Okay. Well, right.
1: One final thing. Yeah. You know what they say? More, What's... more bridges and buildings got built in the bar than they ever did out in the yeah. real world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that's a wrap. And, uh, thanks for listening. that's a wrap on this one brothers and sisters keep an ear open for the next episode and be safe